Hi, listeners. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to Our Right Stories, a podcast created and developed by the Just Right Scotland team. Today's episode is split in two topics, but are all concerning the Scottish Women's Rights Centre, which is just one of our four legal centres. The Scottish Women's Rights Centre is a unique collaborative project between Rape Crisis Scotland, Just Right Scotland, and the University Strathclyde Law Clinic. This project provides free information, advice, representation, and advocacy support to self-identifying women in Scotland affected by violence and abuse. For more information, you can find it on their website, www.scottishwomensrightscentre.org.uk. You can also check out our show notes. Part 1 is about the Scottish Women's Rights Centre Pro Bono Solicitor Helpline. The Scottish Women's Rights Centre has recently launched a newly developed weekly evening helpline running from 6pm to 8pm and operated by a network of pro bono solicitors. It is in addition to our current outreach including helplines and surgeries. Christy from Brodie's is here to tell us a little bit more about the helpline, her current role at Brodie's, and her experience. For the second part, we welcome Sasha, who will be our intern over the summer at the Scottish Women's Rights Centre. She is a part of the internship program that is in partnership with the University of Strathclyde Law Clinic. This internship program allows for them to work alongside our legal team to improve their knowledge of the wider organization by taking part in weekly meetings, events, and activities. Let's jump into it. Christy, we know that you are a solicitor at Brody's and you are currently working in the Glasgow office. Could you tell me a little bit more about what you do, your role, and when did you join this law firm? Absolutely. Well, thank you, first of all, so much for having me today. Um, so my role at Brody's is I'm a family law solicitor. So I work as part of a wider team of solicitors to deal with clients um, in a variety of different situations. So we deal with people who are looking to have contact with their children who maybe have less contact than they would like or who potentially their children have contact with their other parent in a way that's not helpful or healthy and that parent's looking to modify the contact regime in some way. So we help people to negotiate that and we support them in the negotiation process and if needed, we can raise a court action on their behalf to enforce their parental rights and responsibilities in that respect. We also deal with people who are separating, whether that is divorce, a dissolution of a civil partnership, or people who have been cohabiting, so if they live together but aren't married and they separate, there sometimes is fallout from that, so potentially finances, maybe joint property that needs divided, and we can help people deal with that. So that can be either through the division of assets, it can be a negotiation, or again, if needed, we can raise a court action on everyone's behalf. Um, so as well as separation and contact with children, we also help people who are starting families or expanding on their families. So that might be through surrogacy. Sometimes people will have had a child through surrogacy and they need to get parental rights and responsibilities in the UK. And that is true even if you've got a birth certificate naming you as that child's parent in another country, you still need a legal order in Scotland to reinforce those. And we can support people and apply for those orders on their behalf. We also help people with adoption and we can help to do that whether it's a contested adoption where someone objects or we can support people even if there even if there is consent to the adoption to get those orders in place. We also do more than just litigation, although I've explained that we can raise court actions on behalf of our clients. 
we try and avoid court wherever possible. It's of course a really difficult thing for anyone to go through a court process and of course can be hugely expensive for people. So wherever possible we look to mitigate that emotional and financial cost for our clients. Part of the way that we do this is through traditionally negotiation, so that can be back and forth with another solicitor to agree an outcome that is acceptable for all parties. If negotiation isn't something that is working or if we think that maybe their emotions are just a bit too high and we need to work around this a bit more holistically, mediation can be a really good option for lots of our clients where both parties go to an independent mediator who can help them talk around the issues. And that can really help people to understand where the other party is coming from. And it stops people from just getting entrenched in their views when they understand that maybe everybody has, for example, the best interests of their child at heart. They're just maybe thinking about that in different ways. It can help people to leave frame their position and to come to a situation everyone's a bit happier with. We also have a number of members of the team who are collaboratively trained. And collaboration is a process for again negotiating a settlement so negotiating an outcome where collaboratively trained lawyers are appointed on behalf of both parties and they all come down to table together in a four-way meeting or indeed a six-person meeting potentially if you involve people like financial advisors in the meeting as well um, during the meeting everyone negotiates their position and discusses why that's their position and again it's another way to help people to reach an outcome um, and it helps people understand sometimes where the other party is coming from. We see often with our clients of negotiations going back and forth by email. There can be quite a bit of suspicion about why that someone's that is the other person's position or why they want things to be a certain way. Sometimes just everyone being around the table can keep everyone's minds focused and can help people to ask the questions, which often is just, why do you want it like that? And sometimes understanding the why really helps people to get an outcome. That's amazing. I didn't realize that includes so much, to be honest. Um, and when did you join the law firm? So I joined in 2019. Um, I started at Builders as a trainee solicitor. So this is when you finish university. In order to qualify as a solicitor, you need to do a two-year traineeship. So I started mine at Builders back in 2019. And as part of your traineeship, you do what we call seats. So that is a time in different departments. And you're the Every For us, it's every eight months. Some firms do every six months around different teams and it gives you exposure to different practices, different skill sets and different people in the firm. Um, so I started off in contentious construction which was very different from what I do just now but it was a great experience with very sort of high value court cases and negotiations and adjudications which were all very interesting. I then moved into our personal and family team so that was doing a mix of work largely focused on sorts of wills and executories and powers of attorney which was a really interesting experience to deal with the kind of the people side of the law and to get used to dealing with individuals and their different needs and the fact that you can do the same agreement every single day but it's entirely different just by the people involved. By dealing with the estate side of things as well, you get used to dealing with people who are in really difficult situations. They're obviously grieving for a family member and having to look at finances and technical paperwork that... They never wanted to deal with, they don't want to be in that situation, of course nobody does. So it was a great experience in helping people in really a difficult time. And then my final seat with the firm was in our real estate department. I worked as part of the renewables and planning teams to deal with some big renewable projects and planning that was going on with things like wind farms and energy projects. And that as well was another really interesting 
seat to be involved in and team of work to be involved in. Um, dealing with lots of bits of drafting, getting used to very large volumes of documents. So all of that was really interesting and it meant that when I came to qualifying, um, I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I'd enjoyed bits of every single team I'd been part of. I enjoyed the drafting, I enjoyed the litigation, but most of all, I enjoyed working with people. So I knew that when I qualified, family law was the perfect fit. We do drafting, we do negotiations, we're involved in going to court, but every single day we're involved with people and helping people to get better outcomes. Yeah, that's really cool. That seems like such a wide range of like figuring out what kind of I know, solicitor you want to be and, and focus on. Um, I know that you recently started volunteering as part of our new project, the Pro Bono Network. Could you tell us a little bit more about this? Yeah, absolutely. So this network is uh, an amazing thing that's starting and I'm so pl- pleased to be part of it. The idea of the network and the idea of the call centre we're going to be part of will be a helpline for people who have undergone or have experienced domestic abuse and are survivors of that, who are coming out of relationships or maybe they're still in those relationships where they've been subjected to gender-based violence in all of its forms. And that doesn't always have to be physical violence. Sometimes it can be verbal, sometimes it can be financial. And it's to support people in all of those situations, whether they're now out of that relationship or indeed if they're still in that relationship and maybe considering their next steps or what options and what support there is for them. Often it can be really intimidating for people to think, where do I even begin? How do I get support? And often one of the hardest things is, what is the law and how do I protect myself? So the idea will be that this will be a helpline that will operate in the evenings so that people have some out of hours support Maybe people work, maybe their spouse or partner is in the house during the day. An evening will maybe give them the opportunity to reach out at a time that's a bit more convenient. And they can get that kind of first step. What do I do now? What are my next steps? And it'll be signposting people to the relative, the relevant uh, support networks and explaining to them the kind of basics of their legal rights and things they need to think about going forwards. So important questions such as, if I leave my partner, do I have entitlement to my house? If I, someone's being abusive to me in my home, do they stay in that house or is there any legal avenue to stop them entering my house? Um, and we can also support people with things like how do I find a solicitor and questions around would I be entitled to legal aid are all things that we can either give people specific advice on or at the very least let them know where they can find the answers to those questions. Yeah, I I don't remember hearing about something like this in the United States, but I'm sure there are other things. But it's so cool to hear that this is going to be a project in Scotland and that people are going to be able to utilize this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm curious, why did you get involved in this project? The way that I got involved in this project was through a training course that I undertook. So I was made aware of a training course offered by the Scottish Women's Rights about gender-based violence and how we as solicitors can better support our clients who have undergone gender-based violence and who are, as I say, either coming out of these relationships or looking for advice while they're in the relationships. This training was designed to better inform my understanding in terms of trauma-informed practice And what that means is recognising that someone who has gone through a really traumatic experience might not present in the way that you think that they might present. They might not, for example, the first time you meet them, tell them about this traumatic experience. It might be a few meetings in before they mention it. And it's about understanding for everyone that that in no way, it, it doesn't suggest that that's not true or that it's come to them later. 
it's just a sign of the trauma that someone's undergone that they of course are not comfortable but talking about something like that the first time they meet you and it was all training about not only what legal options are available for victims of gender-based violence but also about just how we approach those meetings as solicitors and how you can make sure to the best of your ability that you're not really traumatising someone by having them go back over something that's of course a really troubling experience. So it was training in all aspects both on the law and on legal avenues to support people but also how me as a person can better support someone who's sitting in my office across from me telling me about something really troubling. Off the back of that training it was then mentioned that the Scottish Women's Rights were looking to get a helpline up and running for people who had this specialist training and this experience and this knowledge of how to support victims of gender-based violence. They were starting this helpline so that people with that specialist training could provide that support a bit more widely for people who maybe aren't yet at a stage of speaking to a solicitor. And when I saw the opportunity come up, I just knew it was something I really wanted to get involved in. That's amazing. No, I mean, it sounds... Like, honestly, it sounds like you'd be great for it. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, uh, what do you hope to achieve through this project? Or what is something that you aim to achieve through this project? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that something that I want to achieve is to support people who are really in the thick of a really difficult situation. I think so often we might have clients come in to speak to us who are maybe months down the line after a separation or just quite far through a process of they've maybe had bad advice or no advice up to that point because they didn't know what their rights were, they didn't know what they could or couldn't do or what they could or couldn't ask for. So by the time they have come to us as a solicitor, they might already be quite far down a certain road. So I'm hoping that through this we can help signpost people to support and to make people aware of their rights at an earlier stage so that people can be really utilising the legal process. In many ways in Scotland, we are quite lucky that there are domestic abuse, there, there is domestic abuse legislation in place. There are legal avenues designed to support victims of gender-based violence. And it's about making sure that people know that they can utilise that so that they're in the best situation they can be in. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I kind of have a personal question, but dealing with a lot of gender-based violence or even a lot of family law, I feel like that can be like very taxing um, on you as a solicitor. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious if you have any tips or if you have like your own like well-being process that you go to to kind of decompress as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's really a good question, one that I'm sure all practitioners are really aware of. You can, and people are will know like people will be aware that second-hand trauma is of course something that you can experience and often I think as a practitioner not just do you hear about the difficult experiences but you feel very personally responsible for your clients. I am I always feel very responsible for my clients getting good outcomes and you do take that home with you of course you do. These are people these are often children often women are in really difficult situations and I think you wouldn't be doing your job properly if you weren't thinking about it and reflecting on what advice you've given and if you've given the best advice and achieved the best outcome for your client. So it can be really difficult in that respect. I think that partly the rewards outweigh the damage of that, to know that you've supported someone, to know you've helped them get a better outcome. That really does help to outweigh the sort of the taxing nature of the emotional side of things. You are helping someone to get into a better situation. In terms of tips for your well-being, I think as a practitioner, if you're speaking to your team, it's really important to have a strong team around you. 
I'm the lucky episodes that we're a big team of solicitors and that everyone is really genuinely lovely. So if I'm having a hard day or if I'm worried about something or if I just need another another mind to apply to a problem and even if it's just to talk through what I'm thinking and make sure that I am giving the best advice or that the option I'm proposing is the is the best option or even just to have someone else think about potential pitfalls of that plan me and my client have maybe talked it through and we maybe think this is going to work but it's good sometimes just to speak to somebody else in the team and they might foresee a problem that I've not thought about or the client hasn't thought about so that we can preempt any difficulties going down the line and I do think just having a really supportive team is a very very beneficial thing to have as a practitioner yeah no absolutely absolutely amazing like I think that is very important I think that's something we do forget about mm-hmm. is also having the very supportive team to mm-hmm. kind of help you through these things as well before we finish up Christy is there anything that you would like to add any words of hope um, I think I would just say to anyone listening who has experienced or who knows anyone who's experienced gender-based violence that help and support is there There are so many really powerful and really amazing organisations out there who can support victims of gender-based violence and that this it doesn't have to be your reality. There are avenues to get out of these situations and people who can help help to support you even if you're in that situation. I know that not everyone wants to leave these relationships and that's absolutely your choice as well and there's still help for you no matter what your situation is. For any practitioners who are listening who'd be interested in getting involved, Um, If anyone would like to reach out to me, I'd be more than happy to talk to them about my experiences and how they can get involved as well. Thanks so much, Christy. Thank you. For sharing your experience with us, and we look forward to all the good work you will do with the Pro Bono Network. Now we welcome Sasha, who will be our new summer intern at the Scottish Women's Rights Centre. Hello, my name is Sasha, and I am going into the fourth year of the dual qualifying Scots and English clinical degree at the University of Strathclyde and I have been a Scottish Women's Rights Centre volunteer since 2021 and this year I am the Scottish Women's Rights Centre summer intern where I will be working with the project over the summer for a set number of hours a week. What made me apply for the summer intern role was the chance to have dedicated hours per week to work with the project. This would allow I thought this would allow me to have more exposure and have a greater impact on the project than I had been able to have during the year due to other academic commitments um, and kind of extenuating circumstances. I wasn't able to volunteer with the project as much as I would have liked. I thought by doing the summer internship role, I would get a greater feel of the work the project does on a daily basis and actually been able to contribute to that work and meet the team was something that really stood out to me when applying to the role. During the course of the summer I hope to have a impact, a positive impact on the meaningful work that the project commit on a daily basis and I hope to continue to get practical experience of the law, particularly an area of the law I'm really passionate about and ending gender-based violence and women's rights generally. During the degree we get very limited exposure to the kind of issues that the SWRC deal with on a daily basis so by volunteering over the summer over the last few years and then being the intern this year it's given me a real chance to work with those issues and explore those issues in a lot more detail than I've been exposed to previously. I'm really grateful for the opportunity. I'm really, really excited to be working with the team this year as well as the other student volunteers. I'm hoping to pass on the message that the SWRC do to others and make other people aware of the project, what the project does and what the project stands for. 
I'm really looking forward to getting stuck into a variety of work during my time as a summer intern and continuing that into the next academic year also. And I hope to encourage others to get involved in the project where they can, especially students back at the university when they're eligible to do so. And also just, as I say, spreading the message of ending gender-based violence and what gender-based violence is and what it means in our society and passing over them the message that there's, there's no place for that, but also making people aware of where the advice and support is should they need it at any point or should they be able should they need to pass it on to anyone they know it's there. As I say, I'm just really, really excited to get stuck in and get started in a variety of tasks and helping out where I can on the project and I really hope I can contribute positively over the summer and make an impact. Thanks, Sasha, and we're so excited for you to be with us this summer as an intern. To find out more about the Scottish Women's Rights Centre, the Pro Bono Network, and the internship, please check out their website. We will include links in our show notes and also in our social media posts. And like always, listeners, don't forget to like, comment, and share this podcast. And if you haven't yet, make sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we will see you next time.